Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Hustle Like Hannah, your how-to guide on turning your creative side into a business opportunity. Morning Hustlers, happy Monday. I hope you're doing okay and I hope you've had a good weekend and are ready to smash the final week of February. I honestly cannot believe that this time next week we will be saying hello to March and we all know that that marks the <laughs> the one year anniversary since the UK first went into lockdown and the world basically had a meltdown. But we're not at that point yet and Obviously, I know it's different in different corners of the world, but here in the UK, we are hopefully having this roadmap, which might give us some sort of insight into how we're getting out of the never-ending lockdowns and sort of getting back on with life again. So, yeah, I guess we'll see what Bojo has to say, and I guess that's probably what I'll talk about in next week's introductory briefing. So, yeah, let's put a pin in that for now. And talk about something more important. So this week we had Shrove Tuesday, which to most people, obviously, we call a pancake day. And honestly, I think I was more excited for pancake day than Valentine's Day. As I mentioned uh, in last week's episode, I'm not really big on the whole Valentine's hype, but pancake day, sign me up. So I actually had two pancake days this week. I was a bit naughty. So on Tuesday... Honestly, one word to describe Pancake Day was fail. I think I got maybe like one pancake that actually turned out okay and the rest just resembled mush or scrambled egg. But I tried again on Friday and honestly, I was bossing the pancake making. And to some people that'll be like, yeah, so what? It's just pancakes. That's so easy. But for me, I think this is the first time I've ever actually made successful pancakes from scratch. So pat on the back for me. You remember, we're, we're in lockdown. Things aren't great right now, so we've got to celebrate those little wins, haven't we? So A star for me for making some good pancakes. Anyway, enough about me and my pancake successes. We are here, obviously, for a dose of Monday morning motivation, and I think my guest today is going to bring that to you. So my guest today is Aman Ogawal from Sam Pram Transnational. Now, Aman's story is one of turning a hobby of writing into a business. It began with writing for fun on Medium, which is an open online writing platform, and he specifically focused on explaining technology in a much simpler way. At one point, a friend of Aman's who didn't know much about technology sadly fell victim to an app developer's scam. So Aman gave his friend a free lecture so that he could know the basics for next time. Following this, he created an essay of similar ilk to help others, and soon he realised that he could make a business out of this, helping even more people in a much bigger and better way. He's got a lot of tips and experiences to share with us today, so let's get chatting to him. Hiya, man. How are you doing? Never been better. Good. Where I'm good, thank you. Whereabouts are you joining us from today? Uh, at the moment, I'm in New Delhi in India. Oh, nice. So you're, uh, yeah. well, half the way around the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and before, like, uh, just uh, three months ago, I was in San Francisco in California. So I've been uh, just moving around a little bit. <laughs> oh, nice. Do you do a lot of traveling then? Uh, well, I don't plan on it, but historically, that's been the trend. I just happen to move around from one 
place to another every year or so. Mm. So haven't been in one place for more than for like 12 months so far for like, I think five years now. Wow. And is that work related or just personal choice? Oh yeah. Work related. Yeah. Cool. So that's exactly why we're here today is to talk about your work. So obviously I've given the listeners a brief introduction about you and your story, but obviously you know yourself and the journey from hobby to business better than I do. So why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and a little bit more about what it is that you do? Sure. So I was a, an engineer. I was uh, helping build self-driving trucks in Silicon Valley. And before that, I was working uh, in business development. So I was doing sales and marketing for large tech companies. And somewhere, you know, when I started my career, I wanted to share the things that I had learned or was learning on a monthly basis with people in the whole world, right? So I started writing on Medium back then, and I'm going to fast forward the bit to present day. (laughs) These days, I run a company called uh, Sanpram Transnational, which is an executive education company. And it basically helps non-technical business leaders how to be more technically fluent. You always have many entrepreneurs who don't have a technical background and they want to build an app or a website or uh, some complex you know, system using software. And uh, since they don't feel like they know enough about technology, they don't feel they have the confidence of going out there and managing or hiring engineers or other technical experts And so my company is uh, devoted to helping them learn the concepts enough that they can lead effectively and thrive in a technical future. Wow, that sounds like you're providing quite a useful service then, because like you say, a lot of people go into business and then realize that there's a lot of avenues such as, like you say, developing apps or websites or whatever that requires a lot of technological knowledge, which they may not be well equipped with. So Yeah, sounds like you're providing a good service there. Thank you. Glad you think so. (laughs) So (laughs) obviously you said you started writing on the platform Medium. Had you done much Mm -hmm. in the way of kind of writing before or did this just come as part of, you know, wanting to share your knowledge with people? I mean, I always loved writing in general, Mm. uh, but I hadn't really done any specific writing to be shared with the world before I started writing on Medium. Hmm. I mean, I did like, I did used to write long, uh, hilarious Facebook posts for my <laughs> friends, but that was pretty much <laughs> the limit of my uh, writing activities. Yeah. But yeah, Medium was really like, at that point, I, you know, it was the first real blogging platform that I uh, worked on. And it was a way for me to really articulate my thoughts and uh, my beliefs in a more systematic way so that I can teach others document my thought process online basically yeah yeah so obviously you said that well should I say I said in the introduction that (laughs) you know you helped your friend out who'd sadly fallen victim to a scam in the technology line of things and you provided him with a free lecture and then you created this essay to help others was that moment in time the thing that triggered you to take this one step further and turn it into a business or was there something else that kind of motivated you to take that step well so the funny thing is i do not remember 
any point of time in my uh, in my past since when i was a small child when i did not know that eventually i would start my own company hmm. uh, it's kind of, it's kind of weird i i just it's just it was always in the back of my mind since as far as i can remember and my journey was one of like always looking out for what is the right business for me to be in what do i enjoy the most what makes me passionate and so initially when i started writing as a hobby and teaching as a hobby i didn't see it becoming a business ever mm. um, because i was still thinking no i need to keep finding uh, keep looking and uh, that moment when you know i was literally in a gym with this uh, fitness trainer of my friend mm. um, and he had trusted somebody to help him build an app for his business and he had uh, you know been uh, failed by this person once more my intention there was just to help like hey you know i've been teaching people for free because i like helping let me help you i made a lecture just for him you know for mm. that one person and i delivered it in that gym a few days later <laughs> i had a little so, so i had a little uh, handheld whiteboard on one workout bench and he was sitting on another workout bench in a dimly lit uh, you know little home gym <laughs> and i was sketching on this whiteboard explaining to him how the tech stuff works and it was a terrible lecture by the way <laughs> we've all got to start somewhere <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because i had so much in my head and i had only like an hour and a half with him hmm. um i just couldn't articulate and you know teach it in a proper structural structural way hmm. that he was like yeah you know i kind of get the gist of what you're saying so th yeah. thank you but as i kept thinking about how i could improve that lecture i decided that hey i'm gonna write an essay and spend you know 10 20 hours on it and then i just you know happened to talk to some of my uh, former colleagues like hey i'm thinking about this business i noticed uh, this is a problem for many non-technical people uh, what are your thoughts and so i got you know some validation from a lot of people who were more successful than i am and who were more knowledgeable about the industry of executive education and once i had a pretty straightforward you know uh, path to how could I actually build a business? Who would my customers be? How I want to promote this? That's when I decided I'm going to go into, you know, like I'm going to take this really seriously. Mm. And then once I wrote the essay, it was like five to 6,000 words. And I, I just poured my heart out. I got it read live on Zoom calls with several of my friends, like helping me nitpick and mm. fix the essay. So it was really good well-crafted piece of work once i launched it i also put up a landing page where uh, somebody could you know just buy the course which i hadn't created by the way i just had an essay and a, and a landing page <laughs> which, <laughs> which uh, was selling this uh, hypothetical uh, course that i wanted to teach yeah and once i had my first customer sign up and say and, and i had a call with him and he said yeah i want to you know i want to join uh, and I'm willing to pay. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I got off the call and I was like, you know, it might be a good time to incorporate a company because uh, I need to collect money from this guy. So mm, <laughs> that's yeah. how the company started. <laughs> wow. So was there anything that was actually kind of holding you back a little bit, like making you a bit hesitant to actually get the company off the ground? Or was it just a case of once the idea was there, you got that validation that it, it just went from there? So the, um, I mean, there is a specific answer to that, but I, but I would like to zoom out a little bit and yeah, say that sure. 
Um, I think that at least for me and what I believe is that entrepreneurship is much more about the psychology of the person than about the actual business idea they have or whatever, right? Um, so for me, I could have started this business two years ago, right? The same business because I, al I always had the skill and I always, you know, I could have decided from the very beginning, like, hey, my essays are really good. Let me talk to people, get some market validation and start, start an education company. The thing that was holding me back was basically, you could call it self-esteem or self-confidence or, you know, just the belief that I can make money on my own and I don't need to, you know, always work for a paycheck to be mm. able to make money. And somehow over the last two, three years, I've, you know, been getting better at believing in myself and believing that, you know, I can actually be an entrepreneur myself, that uh, I can succeed or that I don't, I don't need to be someone, you know, special born with an entrepreneur gene to mm. be able to succeed in business. That, you know, that mindset, that belief system that most people have is that, oh, like entrepreneurship is not for me. You know, it takes a lot of, uh, it takes like a specialized kind of person who can do this. And oh, these people who are successful in entrepreneurship, they are lucky or they're blessed or gifted, whatever, right? We all have a story that we keep telling ourselves about why we're not doing something that we want to be doing. Like literally once I, once by the time I realized that I had snapped out of that story, this was the, I think the second or the third business idea that came to me and I had pursued all of them. Mm. This was the third business idea. And before this, I had two other ones and I had decided like after pursuing them for a few weeks that they were not worth it. But it's like, it's like a switch go went on in my head that, you know, every idea that, you know, comes to you is a part of you, you know, it's part of, uh, it's something that you came up with on your own and you owe it to yourself or your spirit or, you know, your mind or whatever it is to, you know, look into it a little more. It pays to do something about it, even if it's just for, you know, honoring yourself. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what were the other businesses that you were uh, tried just out of curiosity? Well, I thought of this one, uh, building this uh, little piece of software that would help audiobook narrators to record audio better. Just mm. a better way of recording audio because it's it's so painful, right? You have this whole, this long waveform in a, in a software and you're, you know, skipping back seconds and minutes and so forth. So I thought of a software where you can record it much easily. It was more of a user interface thing that would make it much more much much better to edit and you know snip stuff out and put stuff back in yeah um so but i decided that the market was too small especially the way that i was thinking about it mm. and then i had another idea of like building a website where people could read uh, the first five pages of a stranger's uh, published book so they could discover books that they otherwise do not discover mm. like an ipod shuffle you know do, do you remember an ipod shuffle by the, by any chance you know it came yeah, out yeah I, I, I did used okay. to have one back in the day yeah <laughs> oh cool cool yeah so it's like you know just uh, going to this website and clicking a button and you're you suddenly can get to read five the first five pages of a strange book mm. uh, with no information about the book and if you like it you can go and buy the book or something or whatever right yeah and i quit that one because i felt like 
and maybe maybe I was wrong to quit this one. Like I never know whether it was really a you know a meaningful business idea or not. Hmm. But my thinking was most people actually do not want to read a stranger's book. They want to read something that has one like ten thousand reviews and is making the charts and whatnot. Hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we, we'll never know if that idea was actually worthwhile or not. It's just that I didn't believe in it myself strong enough. Yeah. And I suppose the thing is, like, if in time you find that it's a viable idea, then I suppose there's nothing stopping you, like, going back to that idea or doing something similar, at least. Mm -hmm. So obviously, bringing it back to the business that you have pursued and that you are still currently pursuing, what would you say has been either your biggest success and or the thing that you're most proud of so far? I think the biggest success was, so I had my first client uh, and then I started making the course for him, like just trying to stay ahead a couple of weeks of that, of my, of my student. And this guy was a gold mining executive from South Africa. So he's a, he's a big deal. You know, he's, mm. he's not, <laughs> uh, he's a pretty successful person in his own right. And the proudest moment was, I think the, uh, the first in-person session we had together uh, virtually where I was teaching him a concept and at the end of the course he said that I'm really glad that I signed up uh, for this course mm. and, and this was like at this point I had just you know incorporated my company five days ago yeah and uh, I had just made maybe one week of course material before I started teaching him. So I was really like just winging it as much mm -hmm. as I could, right? And for him to give that, you know, really positive feedback that uh, he's really glad that he signed up without me prompting him for feedback, that was uh, really heartwarming. And it, it, it kind of like, you know, when you create something that somebody pays you for, it's your own creative process. You know, you're not working for somebody else. You're creating a, something new in this world mm. and somebody appreciates that you know their life is better because you because you took the jump you took the leap and you started your business or whatever mm. uh, i think uh, that makes it all worth it yeah definitely so flip side of that unfortunately you know business and working for yourself it's not always wins it can often be times where you just want to rip your hair out or you just want to scream into a pillow <laughs> So what would you say has been your biggest challenge or like a really big obstacle that you've had to face in your business? Well, the tactical from a strategic you know, business development point of view, the, the biggest challenge has been promotion, you know, marketing. Like how do I get more sales, more leads? Mm. And that's always the biggest challenge that for, I think, for most businesses of my type, which is a service that you're providing and you're nobody in your industry. So you have to make a name for yourself at the same time when you're uh, promoting your, your service. Right. Mm. And so that is definitely the biggest obstacle and it's going to be, it's going to continue to be, it's always every company, every, like even the biggest influencers in the world, in any industry have to keep writing, have to keep promoting themselves, have to keep, have to keep appearing on shows, have to keep making videos they have to keep you know promoting themselves coming up with new books to sell so that they can stay relevant right so yeah. me being a nobody have no excuse to you know say like oh i'm just i'm just tired of producing content of tired or tired of promoting myself because you know 
right from the bottom to the top, everyone in the industry has to do it to stay relevant from actors to, um, you know, somebody who's selling a shoemaking service or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that is one. And then the other big obstacle, I think, is that there is this little voice, this creeping voice that sometimes gets loud and you have to quite like quiet in it again. And it keeps saying that, oh, nothing's going to work out. Uh, this business is going to fail. You're not going to figure it out. And entrepreneurship is not for you. So every once in a while, this little whisper in the head just uh, wakes up and keeps, you know, starts talking to you and you have to just push it away. Yeah. <laughs> when things are not going well. Yeah, definitely. I think it's safe to say that the majority of people, even if they're not in their own business, just people in general, I think we all have that that little voice to some degree. Have you have you found it uh, yourself? Well, I mean, but you've been you've been in business for how long? Just over two and a half years, and yeah, I've definitely had that on more than one occasion. It's just like being on a roller coaster. Like one mm -hmm. minute you're thinking, "Yeah, I'm absolutely bossing this. Like this is so good. This is going well. I made the right decision." And then you can literally wake up the next day, and it could be triggered by I don't know, like a cancellation or you know news from the government closing the entire country down or <laughs> it could be anything and you're just suddenly like well that's it what's the point like this this isn't going to work yeah. but I think it's just about finding what helps you like you say quieten that voice back down whether it's you know just having like a long talk with yourself or finding yeah. another activity to just help you get out of your own head or whatever it is it, it's important to kind of suppress that voice because more often than, than not that voice is wrong and it's just your mm -hmm. defense mechanism trying to kind of save you from something that it thinks is scary when actually I mean it is a bit but it's also mm -hmm. exciting so yeah and and so something related to that that I've noticed is you know there is this constant battle between or this constant dilemma between either one is keep doing what you're doing and because the result is going to come later you need to keep you know keep pounding the pavement mm. and the other one is oh what i just did didn't give me a, an instant result should i step back and reevaluate and you end up just constantly reevaluating what you're doing and constantly course correcting and not really going anywhere so it's it's also like you have to stick with your convictions mm. for at least a long enough period of time before you decide like wait i haven't had any results but i've you know outgrown my patients so i need to step back and ask people or think about whether this is uh, still the right thing to do right for example yeah. you could you could be you could end up making let's say you're let's say you reach out to one reach out to 200 people right mm. to buy whatever product you sell and by the 50th reach out you're like, wow, I haven't had a single person buy yet. Is reaching out to people the right thing? Should I be uh, posting on social media instead? Should I be reaching out to influencers or partners? Or should I be advertising instead? Like you you keep, you start having these cloudy thoughts where you feel like it's not working and it's not gonna work once you get to 200. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, one more challenge, you know, related to the the voice that says that you're not gonna make it is also wait this is not working you know start panicking step back again and uh, just think of something else because you're just going to be like a squirrel on crack you're not going to be actually making progress <laughs> unless you <laughs> unless you stick to your guns and 
just hold out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So thinking about, obviously, you've spoke about your biggest success and you've spoke about some obstacles and some challenges. Keeping with the theme of challenges, actually, how did the, well, I say did the, it's still ongoing, but how has the COVID pandemic affected your business if it has had an effect? So I started my business in right in the middle of the COVID pandemic. All right. right yeah. <laughs> so I think that goes to say that I don't really worry about it too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think if anything, I am more optimistic that by the time we, you know, get out of this or start stabilizing and mm. uh, people are going to wake up to the, this, the, the message that I'm putting out and the service I'm offering, I think I'll be in a better place because I started in a slump. Mm. Uh, you always, you know, uh, you always have to st- look for opportunities. Be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy. Uh, that's something that's saying on Wall Street, I think. Mm. But that's actually true. You need to be objective and hyper-realistic. So, for example, I wouldn't start a gym right now. I, I wouldn't start a, a fitness company. Mm. But you can thrive even in the midst of uh, chaos. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good motto for people to bear in mind is the whole, like you say, you can thrive in the midst of chaos, but also, I can't remember the way it was worded, but the Wall Street one that you mentioned as well. So for any listeners who are sitting on the fence and thinking, oh, I don't know whether to do it. I don't know what benefits it's going to bring me, or I can only think of like, the downside of it what would you say Mm -hmm. are some of the key advantages and disadvantages firstly of being your own boss and second of all being your own boss in a more sort of creative manner so this is something that i've struggled with myself Mm. and so my advice might change by next year depending on how it goes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so take this with a grain of salt i think the big advantage is uh, not that you're your own boss it's just that you have more choice in what kind of people you want to work with, what kind of people you want to interact with. I can now choose not to work with certain customers because I don't like them, for example, yeah. right? Yeah. I can choose to have a certain tone for my website. I can have a funny, a really funny homepage for my website and not have to worry about, you know, getting the approval from a marketing department or my boss or whoever. I can just decide that this is uh, these are my values and this is how i want to do it so the freedom the freedom is huge for somebody who values freedom mm. and i'm someone who do who does uh, and it's you don't have to value you know creative freedom that much if you're not into that uh, i just happen to be a more artistic person i mm. want to express myself which is why i you know it's a it started with a, with a writing teaching hobby and it became a teaching business i like expressing myself the way i want to right yeah um, so that is one big advantage. The other one is you can set your own routine. You can set your own schedule. Hmm. Uh, you can work at your own pace. And the other one is there are moments where you win, where you make a, a big sale or you make a big leap of progress that make you feel like you could do anything in the whole world, right? Hmm. There are those moments sometimes. And uh, there are also the other the other kind of moments, but we won't talk about that you know, in the advantages. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those are the big ones. And interestingly, I didn't mention money, but uh, it's now that I, I'm thinking about it, it's really not that big of a deal. Like that's not really 
part of the advantages you could make uh, like i could be having an investment banking job making much more money than i can than i can uh, at present but uh, it's you know if you're into entrepreneurship for the money it's it's probably you should maybe you, you could be a doctor or something that's probably <laughs> the way you should go <laughs> yeah and would you say there's any drawbacks of sort of being the one that's in charge and having your own business yeah well the drawback is sometimes you tend to attach your self-worth to how the business is going because you are the boss you are the business Hmm. Uh, like you are the the company basically uh, at least yeah. in the beginning right and so if you slip if you let's say if you waste two days uh, binging a, a netflix tv series or whatever <laughs> and feel terrible about it your business has slipped by two days as well now it's hmm. not just you the business is like a living entity it's like a like i don't want to say baby but it's like a puppy <laughs> or whatever right yeah um it is its own thing that depends on you for survival and so you have to be a leader even if the only person you're leading is yourself you have to step into that role and remind yourself that okay i am the ceo or whatever of this thing of this company and uh, i am my own employee so i better manage myself well yeah i think i can agree with all of those i've definitely i would definitely say they are some key advantages and disadvantages okay so obviously we're gonna flip this background to where we started and obviously talking about you know when you were writing on medium just as a bit of a hobby because it was what you enjoyed doing obviously mm -hmm. now that you've turned that into your business do you still write for your own sort of personal pleasure and downtime or have you picked up any additional hobbies that you use basically so that you don't feel like you're working 24 7 or is it a case of that you do just work 24 7 <laughs> <laughs> oh definitely not i would uh, i would burn out pretty quickly if i did you know if i worked uh, that hard hmm. uh, i mean there is definitely a section in the entrepreneurship community these days and you know if you go online you see like gary vaynerchuk and you know a lot of people who have this you know hustle 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 and th that's important you know do you have to you know hustle to you know get what you want you can't just slack off mm. but i find that you know i'm trying to make it a more long-term sustainable thing for myself and it's not the only thing that defines my life mm. uh, although it's the only source of my paycheck it's not the only source of joy for me and it will never be uh, there are other things that bring me joy and uh, like for example learning foreign languages writing to share my advice and share my thoughts with people that mm -hmm. i care about doing some physical training uh, good food good good television series good movies i, I i'm like a normal person yeah. uh, just that instead of my day job i've replaced it with uh, the business that i'm in and some days you work 10 hours some days you work five hours yeah uh, it varies but it's but you can be going you know uh, 10 hours a day every day yeah yeah I just asked the question because I know a lot of people like I get asked this a lot is when you turn like a hobby or an interest into a business they're like well doesn't that mean you don't get any joy from it anymore and it's like well you do because that's the whole point you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't but it's about mm -hmm. finding other avenues that like you say are a social thing or a mindfulness thing or whatever it is that just kind of passes the time when you're not working and you've got a bit of downtime so 
now it's time for you to put your advice cap on. Okay. So for any of the listeners who have either just entered the world of self-employment or they might be thinking, I've got this creative hobby or interest and I want to make a go of it as either a fully fledged business or just a side hustle for now. What would you say are your three top tips for anybody wanting to take that route? Uh, I just want to say that everybody's different. I know people who would be happy to do something as long as it's, as long as it's lucrative, even if they don't enjoy it and they, they see that it's their duty to keep, you know, to provide for themselves and to make money even if they don't derive like enjoyment from it or it's not mm. their hobby uh, and they start businesses just by seeing oh there's a gap in the market i can sell this uh, service and make a quick buck so and more power to them no i think that's great but for people who want to turn a hobby into a business i would say figure out if your hobby actually can be a business you know, is it is it going to be a hobby that you get paid for or is it going to be a business? Because there's a difference. A business is something that you can do uh, all the time, pretty much, and then delegate to other people. A hobby that makes money is something like, you know, you make sandwiches for a friend and they pay you, but you don't care enough about it to actually turn it into a something that keeps making money on its own. It's just yeah. something that, that it's a sustainable hobby. It's not a business, right? Mm. And so doing some market research, understanding where the margins are, uh, who your target customers would be. And then at the end of the day, once you research, what is the best way to, or, or what are the options you have for making money? Step back and see, is this the road you want to take, right? Because for me, uh, I had multiple ways that I could turn this, my writing hobby into a business. I could go, okay, I'm going to have only 50 customers a year and they're going to pay me like thousands of dollars each mm. or I could make a video course that I sell for 50 bucks and I just sell it to however hundreds of or thousands of people and I don't really interact with any of those except for on social media or whatever right I mm. could choose what kind of business I want to be in and I decided that oh I would rather have 50 customers that I have a personal relationship with and I ha and I offer a very premium personalized service and those 50 customers keep me in business and, you know, uh, that pay, pays my bills. Yeah, uh, I went with that because I found that more enjoyable. And I first verified that I can make a sustainable business with only 50 people a year market size. Right. Mm, yeah. um, the other one did not appeal to me so much. Uh, so even though it would have still been a hobby turned into a business, if that was the only option I had, I probably would have, you know, written this business idea off because that was just something which didn't excite me mm. building a video course and selling that program it didn't speak to me right um, so you have to do the same thing for your hobby like figure out the different ways you could make money and see which one of those speaks to you the most mm. that's the, that's the first i think maybe it encompasses multiple tips in one <laughs> but that's the one big thing i would have yeah i think that's like you say that's a that's a good tip that encompasses little tips within it <laughs> <laughs> well before we start to wrap this chat up i am going to put you back in the driver's seat now so this okay. is your this is your opportunity to just kind of have a bit of a shameless plug for your business so you know if you've got any interest in 
offers coming up or you just want to let people know where they can find you like what links they can go to or just anything you want to mm -hmm. brag about to do with your business now's your opportunity so take it away sure so if you are a non-technical person and uh, you want to get to a minimum level of technical fluency that would give you a certain confidence a certain sense of what's going on i've written an essay like on a, a medium post that could really help you so instead of sending you to my website or to some you know product or service i would send you to that uh, free medium post you can find it if you go to sandpram.com which should be in the footnotes and uh, uh, it's literally on the homepage. I'll link to that essay. It's called A Non-Engineer's Ultimate Guide to Software Technology. And if you read that 5,000, 6,000 word essay, I think you'll get a lot of value, even if you don't intend to be a technical entrepreneur. Perfect. So for anybody that's interested in checking that out, I have put all the relevant links to that, to the website and to social medias and things like that. They're all in the episode description. So it's just a click away. Now that we're going to wrap this up, obviously, this has come out. It's Monday morning. We want to leave people feeling motivated for their week ahead. So have you got any last little golden nuggets of advice or funny anecdotes or, you know, a favorite quote? Just anything that you can leave the listeners with to leave them feeling motivated? Yeah, I would say make a bucket list of big things, uh, big, of projects you would like to work on and start checking them off one by one. <laughs> because that's how I started, you know, in entrepreneurship myself. Yeah, uh, I personally, I like that because I'm such a big fan of to-do lists. And as someone else once said to me, to get done lists. So mm -hmm. I'm, all, I'm all for that. Well, thank you so much. I will leave you to crack on with the rest of your day. And once again, thank you for coming and chatting with me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Once again, thank you to Aman Ergawal from Sampram Transnational for coming and chatting with me today. And thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you're looking forward to next week's episode. Don't forget, if you want to appear as a guest on my show, just drop me an email to hustlelikehannahpodcast at gmail.com containing your name, your business name and a little bit about your creative hobby to business journey. If you're on social media, you can drop me a like or a follow at Hustle Like Han, a podcast on Facebook or Instagram or at Hustle Like Han on Twitter. And on there, you can stay up to date with information about my guests, everything that goes on behind the scenes and little Q&As and interactive things like that from time to time. If you want to find out more about my business, go to www.hannadanieldance.co.uk or search for Hannah Daniel Dance on any social media platform. And finally, please don't forget to set this podcast to automatic download so that you never miss an episode each week on a Monday morning when it comes out. And please, if you've got a few seconds to spare, drop us a like, a rate, a review and subscribe and that will just help us to grow the Hustler community and reach even more creatives out there. Now, go out there, smash your Monday, stay creative and keep on hustling. See you next week, everyone.